Hello and welcome to All You Ever Wanted to Know. I am Jordan Patswold. It is the last Friday of the month, and that means we have another edition of Heart to Heart. David Disty is back with us today. David, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jordan. How are you? Not too bad. Again, uh, with uh, Disty Counseling Services, a registered counselor here in town, uh, often our topics, uh, well, they go all over the place, but that's, I think, part of the charm of this uh, program. Uh, David, we've talked about grief. We've talked about parents. Parenting. We've mm. talked about addiction struggles. Uh, we've well, we've covered so many different things, and yet seems to be there's still so many more things we can talk about. Yeah, there's there's, there's so much, like you said, addictions, family, marriage, parenting, um, and yeah, there's no no end to the things that we can talk about. Um, but I really feel like we need to talk about um, we we focus so much on ourselves and relationships with ourselves and other humans, but we we haven't really talked much about our relationship with God. And um, I know that on the station there are lots of other programs that do that, but but I'm really passionate and um, growing in my understanding that without our, our relationship with God, a relationship with herself is, is, can, can grow and be good, but it's, it's not enough. It's not everything. Uh, we, need, we need more. Um, so this has been growing in me in the last uh, number of months. Um, I've been growing in my understanding of faith about what God can and will do. Um, growing in my understanding of my, my need for a relationship with him. And there's some incredible healing that God has done inside me over the last number of months. So yeah, I want to, I want to kind of share that with everybody, how, how, how important it is to have not just a, a good understanding of ourselves, but good understanding of God. And I don't say understanding in like the head knowledge, but the heart knowledge right. to know deep down in our soul that, you know what? God loves you. Mm. He's proud of you the way that you are. Yeah. Well, and just making sure that his voice uh, just lives within us, mm -hmm. because I think uh, oftentimes I know in media, in TV or movies, I know cartoons love to play that little, uh, you know, there's an angel on one shoulder mm -hmm. and then there's the, the devil on the other shoulder kind of thing. And yeah. I, I remember just laughing at that as a kid. But more and more as I grow up, uh, I can... Well, really, I can relate to sometimes what that cartoon depiction is like mm. sometimes because there are sometimes times in life where uh, there's a voice that sometimes wants to creep in there mm -hmm. and wants to break us apart and really yeah. tear us down and just uh think that you know we're not good enough mm -hmm. uh, we're not uh, strong enough we're not able to handle uh, the the challenges that life uh, throws in our way yeah and then uh, it's then on the flip side you know god's voice within us obviously uh, trying to then be that comfort for us that yes you are good enough you mm -hmm. are worthy of you know all that uh, to, to what life brings you know and still being that guiding voice for us and letting that be the voice that mm -hmm. kind of strengthens us through our day, letting it overpower. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's really interesting too, because I can recall sometimes uh, just having, uh, if I'm in a potentially difficult conversation with someone mm -hmm. and maybe there's a potential thing of conflict going on, uh, there will be that unhelpful voice that kind of creeps mm -hmm. in. And it's almost like daring me, hey, you know what you could say here that could really set this conversation into mm -hmm. to flames or something like that. And uh, and then someone asked me, well, what are you thinking about? I was like, 
Well, I, I have this thought, I have, but I don't. I, I don't think it's me. Mm -hmm. It's really not. It might think it's me, but I know deep down. It's not prudent, it's not helpful, yeah. it's not productive to what we are talking about. Mm -hmm. So, well, I don't want to tell you what I'm doing <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. What I am going through is, you know, I want to let that other voice kind of carry on. Mm -hmm. the, the cooperative voice, the understanding voice, the compassionate yeah. voice in my head that is more able to understand where that other person is coming from. It opens mm -hmm. up that empathy, it opens up that compassion and those feelings that can really help tackle uh, the conflict that has come its way and is yeah. paramount in the particular moment of someone's life. And when we're listening to these two competing voices, I find it so helpful to think, you know what, is this voice that I'm hearing Christ-like? If it's Christ-like, then give it a shot. Try it. If it's not Christ-like, if we can tell that, you know what, this is not something that Christ would say, right. this is not something that Christ would do, then don't. And this is something I've been... Um, more aware of recently, um, having thoughts or God leading me to do something. And I, and I go, but God, what if, what if this isn't you? And so I've got those things warring inside of me, uh, the voice saying, do this, go and step out and do it. And the other voice saying, but, but what if, what if, what if maybe I shouldn't. Um, and I think we don't really, um, learn to understand God's voice, to hear God's voice, to recognize his voice unless we take the risk and step out and do what he's asking us to do, to go, you know what, I'm uncomfortable doing this, but hey, if this sounds like something that God would say, then do it. Something in recent news that I know a lot of people have been, uh, I know, dealing with a lot of emotions around was that Humboldt Broncos bus crash. Mm. And I know that when this court case now started being heard yeah. in the courts and uh, how the families had the opportunity to, you know, talk about their feelings, their victim impact statements about how this one man's action of, you know, going through that stop sign mm -hmm. has forever changed their life. Yeah. And what struck so many people was how uh, just due to the actions of this individual, he chose to plead guilty. He owned up mm -hmm. to what had happened that day. He didn't want to uh, take... Uh, this system into this whole drawn out process of what had happened. I, I mean, he made, obviously, aside from that fateful de decision that day that, mm -hmm. I mean, distracted or what have you, um, there was so much there that impressed these families. And it was so interesting that yeah. those families, it seemed like um, more of them were of that mindset where it's like, you know, I want to hate you so much for what you took mm -hmm. away from me. But yet here I am at this crossroads of how uh, you've done everything now to make amends. You've decided to sit down and hear what mm -hmm. my son or daughter was like. You've taken yeah. the opportunity to, uh, you know, not run this through the courts and making us go through such mm -hmm. a heartbreaking trial of witness testimony and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, there's so much in me. Uh, that wants to, but yet those feelings of hate don't come across. And I think in yeah. a similar way, that's very Christ-like in that sort of way, that, mm -hmm. uh, that mode of just forgiveness in some ways of how, you know, not wanting to hate someone, because that's not what we're called to do as humans. No matter yeah, what we've absolutely. been wronged in our lives, we are told to forgive and not just forgive mm -hmm. once, but uh, over and over and over again. And yeah. how hard that is sometimes. Well, 
again, if we are to be like Christ-like or God-like, it doesn't matter what we have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still uh, repent and apologize, but then at the same time have that forgiving heart as we would want others to forgive us too. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of this about following what God wants us to do and being Christ-like is not focusing on what's, how, how we can understand the impact of what we might be doing. Because so often, like in my experience, I've gone through and I feel like God might be saying to do something and I debate it going, well, how's that going to impact me? How's that going to impact others? What's going to happen from this? And I'm as a human being, I'm so short-sighted that I don't have a clue how God wants to use this particular um, event or whatever he's asking of me. And so to go, you know what? I have no idea what's coming, but I trust that whatever God has coming as a result from this uh, it's going to be far, far better than what, um, what my plan was. Uh, like today, driving in here, I was kind of, or I was actually in my office uh, thinking about what we're going to talk about today, and I had things planned out and just felt God saying, you know what, no, that's not what I want you to talk about today. Right now, I want you to share what I'm doing in you. And so I have no idea what that's going to, how that's going to impact people, but I trust that God is saying, you know what, do this. And it's going to have a good impact. I very well may never hear how it's impacted people, and that's okay. But I know that God is going to take what I do right here, right now, in this situation, and in any other situation where I follow him. I know and can trust that he's going to use what I say and do when I follow him for the benefit of others and myself in totally unexpected ways. Um, I've been reading, I I forget where I read it, and it's been bouncing around in my brain, uh, something along the lines of the best preparation for what God has for you to do is to do what he has for you next. So if God's asking me to do something down the road, the best preparation for that is to do whatever he's calling me to do today. Because that's the training ground for that huge, big dream that you might have, or that huge, big calling that God might have for you. Doing the little thing that he asks of you today, that is the next step. That is training for whatever else, whatever other incredible, amazing things might be down the road. Mm. Heart to heart uh, today with uh, David Disty of uh, Disty Counseling Services. So is there a particular moment? Is there a certain story that happened in your life that you kind of want to use as a launch point here? Um, sure. Um, I two, two Sundays ago, we had the, the head of our denomination come and preach at our church. And uh, right as he started preaching, I felt God say in, in my heart and soul, stand up. I was like, wait, no, you're in a congregation, everybody's sitting. Why would I stand up? That doesn't make sense. And so I kept on debating God. And uh, after like five or so minutes, I, I got up and walked to the back and stood. And I thought that was just for me that God was going to maybe do something inside me. And then I, I looked over and um, I saw everybody in front of me, the whole congregation in front of me, and God led me to begin praying for them. And that's a perspective that I wouldn't have had if I had stayed in my seat. And I looked at where we had been sitting and God was impacting the person who I had been sitting next to, a friend of my wife's. And my wife was able to move over because I got out of her way and minister to her. There were, and those are just two of the things. I, it kept on snowballing. I thought that I was just standing up and doing something small. It kept on snowballing into bigger and bigger and bigger things. Um, and it's still snowballing. It's still having an effect. Um, so that one small thing of answering God when he said, stand up, led to so much more. Um, I told you about two things, and there's tons more that have happened in the last week and a half as a result of that that one piece of obedience. Hmm. 
it's all about uh, hearing that voice and how mm. we respond to it. I mean, there's plenty of stories uh, in the Bible that, uh, I mean, mm. we call them, you know, the greatest stories of the Bible, if you will. And it all comes back to, you know, being uh, nudged in the direction by God yeah. to do something. And so many of the times, uh, and, I, and I love the fact that it's included, is mm. those, uh, the doubt, if you will, in people's mm. minds of like, really is this is this really what you're telling me to do god you look at noah yeah jonah uh esther uh david yeah i i mean it just goes on and on and on of yeah hearing the voice and it's just even having that am i sure i'm hearing this right mm-hmm. this might potentially put me into such uh a position that i'm going to be look strangely at. Mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. be something along those lines of how, hey, what's uh, what's your intent with this? It's going to cr- maybe create that uh, mm-hmm. sense of confusion. But when you can uh, leave it to God or uh, FROG, I think is the yeah. acronym, fully rely on God that mm-hmm. this is coming from the right place, uh, that it can help transform our lives. Yeah. And even stepping out, even if you're not 100% sure that this is the right thing, it might make me look foolish or whatever. Step out in faith and go, you know what? I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm going to give it a shot anyway. The world, it seems like right now, too, it has us really fearing the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much of it is in that way. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had an opportunity to uh, go to Toronto and I saw mm-hmm. uh, the musical Come From Away. Mm-hmm. And what that was, essentially, it was the retelling of what happened in Gander, Newfoundland, and much of rural Newfoundland mm-hmm. after... Uh, the September the 11th uh, terrorist attacks and how 7,000 people basically had to make Gander their new home for a while because planes were grounded at their nearest airport. So 7,000 people from Mm -hmm. all over the world basically came upon Newfoundland and doubled this community's population. And what just struck Mm. you was how quick people were to act that we have all these people coming. We need to get things ready for them. Yes, they are strangers, yeah. but here they are in a time of need and mm-hmm. we need to get ready. Yeah. And what just struck me time and time again, were just these acts of uh, servanthood for these people that they really knew nothing about yet. There they were uh, putting all these phone lines together so they could call home, preparing mm-hmm. all these meals, preparing all these beds. And it was just, so powerful. And I remember the line from uh, the Newfoundlanders, well, you know, you do the same for us if uh, if mm. the roles were reversed. And so many of the characters were like, well, it's easy to say that, mm-hmm. but would you? Yeah. And it just kind of struck a chord and it just tied in so much to, you know, what can I do in my life? Uh, and I think it's kind of like the unfortunate circumstance of, Uh, here we are in a day and age where if you see someone trying to get a ride, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's in a community in Yorkton or it's on the side of the highway, they're just trying to get to Regina. Yeah. How almost the train of thought is, uh, you know, that'd be an inconvenience. It'd be inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about that person. They could be uh, fill in the blank. Yeah. And so there we are to make that, (laughs) <laughs> judgment, uh, despite, mm. you know, what we might want to do. And it was just so interesting because I, after seeing that uh, musical just do such a great job looking at the positiveness of humanity to mm-hmm. reflect on those, how to, you know, put 
others first before yourself and kind of act in that way, as we really are called to do yeah. uh, by Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, the Good Samaritan is such a great story revolving around that. But even just Christ's direct commandments to feed the hungry, clothe mm-hmm. the naked, uh, visit the those in jail, and so on and so forth. So... It was interesting that on my flight then back to, uh, well, it was through Winnipeg, uh, that someone beside me, it just so happened, they were lived south of Brandon. And mm-hmm. uh, they were just uh, uh, outlining the fact that, oh, bummer, I'm going to miss my bus back to Brandon. Mm. And just I felt that little tug. It's like, well, you know, you can go through Brandon. It'll add like 15 minutes to your drive home, Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's like, well... You know, I'm going to look a little strange probably. Like, I mean, she's a, a, a grandma and here I am just mm-hmm. like, will this look, uh, just look shifty? Will it look weird? Will it, oh, this, that, and the other thing. Like so much of that doubt creeped into my head. But Naturally, yet yeah. the voice kind of just overpowered that, you know, the, the worst she can do is turn down your offer. Mm-hmm. Ask her kind of thing. So, yeah, she missed her bus by about 30 minutes. So we're on our way landing and it's like. Well, hey, I'm sort of going, I can go through Brandon without much detour. Do you want a ride? Oh, really? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I'm like, all, all right. Like, so I, I I went for it. I mean, and so we kind of talked about it in the car ride, and we're talking about all sorts of things about just the, the musical I had seen, kind of talking about, you know, the, the positive mm-hmm. nature, how... I decided to make, ultimately in the end, yeah, my first thought was questions of the doubt. Again, like I say, mm-hmm. it's that little voice that kind of creeps in here, but letting the uh, the more uh, Christ-like one to overpower yeah. of, uh, you know, believe that this person is, uh, <laughs> is not going to, you know, put you at risk for doing this, Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, believe in the goodness of humanity not the bad of what it could be but just the aspect of how hey uh believe that the person that you don't know uh is Mm -hmm. of good character for you it can be as simple as that in some ways uh just to Mm -hmm. if someone is strange or different don't fear that they're your enemy but just Mm -hmm. a friend you haven't met yet yeah and i guess that's what ultimately was because she flat out so what made you actually ask because i mean this is sort of it i'm like well you know just the voice in my head i mean the fact that we were sitting side by side and going in the same direction i thought you know it just made sense and why Mm -hmm. not so uh, and i think i i felt challenged in that way from uh just from what i had seen and yeah. so she tried to pay me it's like no no you don't need to do that at all well she left it in my car whether i like it or not <laughs> now i want to send it to gander newfoundland because it was them who inspired it all for what they've now got going for uh from the people who were stranded have now went back and started this big scholarship fund but again it just goes mm. back into saying how sometimes it's about discarding that voice that tells you well you know the bad thing mm-hmm. that could happen here is well, not why not take it for the the good yeah. that an opportunity might actually present itself, and like you said, it caused that chain effect for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm feeling the same way. It kind of has provided that, and still, yeah. well, that does feel good, absolutely. Uh, rather yeah. than be living in fear, but to strive to do more good deeds and setting mm-hmm. off that chain of paying it forward, if you will. Yeah, and it reminds me so much of the the book of James, where he says. Um, well, it's great that you have faith, but faith without works is dead. Um, even yeah. the the demons, they have faith, but it doesn't move them to follow God. 
And so they, they shudder in fear. Likewise, like, great, I'm glad that you have faith. Now that faith needs to have legs. Get up and do what God is calling you to do. Uh, whatever that small thing might be, like giving someone a ride, um, like uh, whatever, whatever that might be. Uh, however you feel God nudging you, do it. Um, that step of doing it is um, the, the life of faith, the, the outliving of that faith. Um, because again, faith without works is dead. I think that's, that's so powerful. And uh, like, I do feel the uh, desire to bring it back to a psychology piece. And sure. like, if we're dealing with uh, anxiety or depression, uh, there needs to be not just the change in how we think, but the change in what we do. And so I often talk with people about, okay, it's great. We're going to work on changing your thought patterns, but we also need to work on changing what you do. You got to get out and do these things that are, um, that bring up the fear and the anxiety, or you got to have the conversation with your relative that you're worried about, or you, it would be so helpful to go and do this activity that will bring life to you, but you just don't feel like you have the energy to. Doing these actions helps with the um, reduce the tension in the family or reduce the anxiety or depression or whatever the goal might be. And likewise, if, if we will take steps to do that for our mental health, why would we hold back in taking steps to do what God is asking us to do, which will bring so much deeper health, not just mental health, but, but spiritual health, uh, which is vital. It's great if we have the mental health, if we have physical health, but if we aren't in it with God, then what's ultimately what's the purpose of all the rest? I remember just, uh, you know, sometimes the challenges that present themselves in in life or difficult family members. And I think sometimes people will come to counseling with goal. It's like, okay, how can mm-hmm. I, how can I make this better? And how can mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, <laughs> deal with this individual? Mm-hmm. What can I do to almost change them in some ways? And, and the challenge presented back is like, whoa, well, unless, unless they're here willing to work on this too, uh, we can't really tackle that. Let's work on what you yeah. yourself can do. Yeah, you're the only one that can, you can focus on you, nobody else. If you focus on other people, that's just not going to help you. It's not going to help them. Yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> uh, next uh, or next week, I'm actually going to do an interview here on The Rock with um, Dr. Bob Paul from Focus on the Family, the marriage intensives. And we're going to talk specifically about that, about in marriage. So often we talk about, um, or people want to change the other partner, but our main goal in marriage and in the rest of life is to focus on ourselves to change what we need to change about ourselves because we focus on the other person, we're going to keep on making the same mistakes in our life and we're not really going to be effective in changing the other person. So why even focus on that route? It doesn't help so much. Well, and a lot of it comes down to, you know, just being the partner you want to have in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And be, yeah, like you say, that can often sometimes be the, the best example of, you know, uh, like if you're asking someone to be a certain way, well, you best make sure that you're leading that example and, and just mm. focusing on yourself in that way too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you focus on yourself, be the best partner you can be, and that invites the other person to be the best partner they can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100-100. <laughs> absolutely. Both people need to give 100%. All right. It's uh, all you ever wanted to know in the last Friday of the month is Heart to Heart with uh, David Disty. We'll take a break, but more on the program after this. 
all you ever wanted to know. It's the last Friday of the month, and that means heart-to-heart with uh, David Disty, uh, walking in our faith and also how it can help us and guide us on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, yeah, you made a really good point uh, earlier, David, about uh, the anxiety that can sometimes creep in and settle in and how, you know, we got to let that voice of comfort uh, try to uh, to overpower. And that's mm-hmm. often a very difficult thing. And I mean, that's often when we talk about, you know, dealing with mental health. It's amazing how for some it's that one creeping uh, negative voice that can just overpower maybe mm-hmm. dozens of positive things people have to say. Yeah, and what do we focus on? Do we focus on that the few negative things that we hear or do we focus on uh, what what God says? So often it's it's easy to focus on the, the negative stuff. Um, I know for me, like I often feel like, oh, I need to be so good at this or I need to be excellent at that. Um, but one thing that uh, this pastor that I mentioned um, recently, one thing that he said uh, a couple Sundays ago was people don't need us. People need Christ. Just be a good branch which means that I don't need to focus on doing everything right. My sole job is to be thirsty for God. That is my sole job, be thirsty for God. And then when we're thirsty for God, when we're being a good branch, who knows what the fruit is going to be? We know what the the um, epistle says about the, the fruit of the spirit, but who knows how that's going to look. So instead of focusing on, you know, I need to be this for that person, or I need to do this right, or I need to do that right, Focus on being thirsty for God. How can we drink him up more? Um, And so whatever that might look for you. um, For me, I've been using a couple of different apps right now, media and through the word. And that's been helping me so much to drink up more and more and more of what God says. Um, and so drinking up, focusing on that, uh, there's been more things that, that I've been learning over the last while. Um, one thing I, I went up for prayer and, uh, this, this pastor, Dave Hearn, he, he prayed for me and then prophesied and spoke in my ear. He said, I love you, my son. I'm proud of you, my son. And that, that broke me. That did so much healing in my soul in that 30 seconds, um, that's like, that's, that's the passion that I have for people. That's why I'm in counseling is to help people have that kind of healing. Um, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to stop doing counseling or something like that. There's still definitely benefit to that. But what, what I desire for people is for them to have that knowledge that, you know what, God loves you. He's proud of you. No matter what, no matter what he's proud of you. Um, I think about this book written by, uh, St. Teresa of Avila. She was a Spanish nun back in the 1500s, I believe. And she talked about the human soul being like a diamond of immeasurable value, this diamond the size of a castle. And that's what your value is. And then when we sin, sometimes we feel like we're this tiny little diamond thrown in a tar pit. And it's like that value is lost. But what if we look at it the other way, that we're still this huge diamond, a diamond the size of a castle with tar specks splattered on it. And that tar is the sin. It doesn't change our value. Those tar specks, those are things that can be wiped off, uh, thankfully, with the blood of Christ. And we can continue to work on not falling for that same sin over and over again. So when we feel like garbage, that's not the voice of Christ. Because we are still that diamond of immeasurable value. We are still that, that massive diamond that God says, you know, what? I made you. I love you. I made you the way you are for a reason. I didn't, uh, I don't mess up when I make things. I made you like this because I love you. 
Mm. I know something uh, for uh, a lot of people, and for different people, it's different things. That can be that reminder Mm. and that source of strength and comfort from Mm. some. It is, uh, uh, you know, counseling, for example. Mm -hmm. For some, it is hearing those words uh, directly from a pastor on a Sunday morning. And one of my favorite things, it's music. Mm -hmm. And it seems like more and more uh, there's been this uh, common theme of artists uh, who are turning and really being able to write from the voice of God that they're hearing in their lives. And now Mm -hmm. they're translating that through uh, to the listeners. Mercy Me has a great song called Flawless that, Mm -hmm. I mean, when you were using the tar example, I was reminded of the music video of that song where uh, the artists are covered in just like this guck of paint and just like sludge. And then Mm -hmm. they reverse the video and how, you know, in God's eyes, they are clean. Yeah. Um, Lauren Daigle has some good ones to look up child, you know, uh, reminding themselves to really look up and remember that, uh, uh, you know, they are a child of God and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, through him uh, brings a great source of strength. I mean, her whole album, I know, lately has done that. And there's another song called You Say, where uh, kind of talking about that, God says, you know, I am strong when I feel I am weak. And just using that to to build back up, I know that uh, for myself. Sometimes listening to these artists and musicians, I've gotten more chills listening to Mm -hmm. some of God's word through a song than sometimes a preacher on a Sunday morning. And I mean, Mm -hmm. again, it's to each their own. It's what can help bring that voice that can bring us that comfort Mm -hmm. and that positivity of, you know, you are good as you are. Yeah. It's amazing how God uses different things for different people and at different points in our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's creative. He meets us in so many different ways. Um, I love the, the Chronicles of Narnia. And I remember one piece in there, uh, the kids say, well, what's going to happen? Will, will Aslan bring us back to Narnia again this way or that way? And I I forget what characters, but tells them that no, Aslan doesn't do the same thing twice. He's always creative, always bringing something new. And that's how God works in us so often too, is that, you know what? Um, We may have experienced God in one way, in one situation. We don't need to go and chase after that situation, but look for what God might have for us next. It could be something totally different totally unexpected and what he has for you. And that's the, the I think, a beauty in it. Um, it comes out of unexpected places sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, too, uh, what's so important is often we are ourselves are called to come for that. Yes, uh, well, there'll be times that where we are in need, but mm-hmm. then also where we will be called by others to really be that reassuring voice for others. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not our faith isn't just for us. It builds us up. But faith without works is dead. So we have to do this for other people, too. However, God calls us to it. Um, and it reminds me, too, of um, passage in John. I forget what chapter and verse. But uh, Jesus says, you've seen me doing these works and you're going to do these works and more. And if we don't see these works in our lives, what's missing? If we believe that what God says is true, and if Jesus says you'll do these works and more, and we don't see those works, what's missing? What's going on in our lives that we don't see this happening? Is it partly our, our vision, our perception? I think that's a piece of it, that we attribute things to uh, anything other than God. But I think it's also our faith that if I, do I really believe that God will heal? 
um, physically, mentally, spiritually? Uh, do I really believe that if I pray for this, God will do it? I've been reading this book um, by Rob Reimer called Deep Faith. I recommend it to everybody. You read Deep Faith by Rob Reimer. And um, I can only tell you kind of what's in the first three chapters because that's how far I am in it. Um, but there's the challenge of, you know what, if we have faith, then what can God do? And he talks about um, conditional promises of God. Uh, things like if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive. If you, um, I forget some of the other ones, but he says too, that uh, if you have faith, then there will be these miracles. I forget the passage and how it's phrased, but there's that idea that if we want to see amazing things from God, we got to step out in faith. Mm-hmm. It's not just looking around and saying, well, I wonder what's going to happen, but believing and following God. And also recognizing those signs too, that God's help is going to come in different forms too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and that's where, you know, when we come to, you know, when we rely on God to help us with our problems, uh, that help can come in many different forms. And yeah. uh, I mean, going back to sometimes when, uh, if someone is struggling a lot of times with, you know, uh, mental health challenges or things like that, do they need counseling? Do mm-hmm. they need a comfort in different forms? Uh, for some, it has to come in the form of, you know, maybe it is uh, a medication or something yep. along those lines. Uh, like I'm reminded of uh, uh, the story of the drowning man. Maybe you've heard it where mm-hmm. a fellow stuck on the rooftop and he's praying to God for help. Rowboat comes by. You need any help? God's got me. All good. Then the motorboat. Need any help? God's got me. Water continues to rise. The helicopter comes. Need any help? God's got me. Well, the mm-hmm. fellow dies and said, well, God, I thought you were going to come and protect me. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I sent the rowboat. I sent the motorboat. <laughs> I sent the helicopter. Yeah. Likewise, in our own lives, mm-hmm. I, I think, too, part of it uh, does come down to, uh, you know, uh, recognizing when God is sending those lifeboats our ways yeah. that we uh, are willing to take them and being able to say, you know what? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as I maybe would like to keep this private or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we do have to turn to our fellow man to Absolutely. let them help us. Yeah. God has given us uh, wisdom to use what, what he teaches to grow in health in all of its ways, in all of its aspects. So yeah, using uh, medical professionals and counselors, um, using the resources around us is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely, God heals through these ways and God heals in miraculous ways too. That too, absolutely. Um, so I, I think of the example of my wife. Uh, she had migraines for uh, three and a half years. Every day should have a migraine for three and a half years. And she went to the doctors and some things worked a little bit to decrease the pain somewhat or so that she'd only have one migraine a day. Um, but nothing really fixed it. And so I, I wouldn't say stop going to the doctor um, because there was some benefit. But then December 1st, she was prayed for and has not had a migraine since. Mm. So yes, absolutely seek the medical attention and step out and pray for, for healing. Um, one way, a, a piece of my wife's story of healing is uh, she went to a conference called Soul Care that was in Regina in December. And it's coming up in um, a couple of weeks in Winnipeg. I forget the date. I should know the date. I'm going to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, check out the conference Soul Care in Winnipeg. Um, I can't tell you what church it is or the date, 
But uh, yeah. Google's a help. Absolutely. So check out the Soul Care Conference in Winnipeg. And um, that's one way that healing happens. Um, The spiritual healing, the physical healing, the mental healing. Um, so not next weekend, but the weekend after that weekend after. Yeah, okay. Weekend after. Now I know when I need to leave. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. So do these things that, that, um, in faith that God will heal and heal your soul, heal your body, heal your mind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All you ever wanted to know heart to heart with, uh, David Disty. We'll take one more break, but then we'll be back with more on heart to heart with all you ever wanted to know after this. Back here on All You Ever Wanted to Know, I'm Jordan Patswold, heart to heart with David Disty today on the last Friday of the month. And again, uh, talking uh, today about, well, just using our faith uh, to guide us in our day-to-day life, being a comfort uh, to others, uh, but then also knowing that we can rely on uh, God in our most desperate times of need. And not Mm. only that time as well, but then also recognizing uh, when he is there for us, it's often, I think, like when we're sick, so mm-hmm. often we're in that just uh, complaining, oh, will I ever feel better again? And mm-hmm. how those few days of potentially, you know, having a flu or something like that, you forget all those days that you actually were feeling good. Yeah. And yet you failed to recognize, oh, how awesome is this? I feel great and super. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it, how quickly uh, we... Uh, uh, we can be complainers and sometimes often only going to God when we have something to complain about or something when we yeah. really need rather than also taking the time to really be thankful for all that he has given us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was just reminded of that simply when really praying with my like three and a half year old now, so much mm-hmm. of it, I know in most of my adulthood, when I turned to God for prayer, it would be, you know, needing that confidence or needing that yeah. strength or needing Again, the word needing, Mm -hmm. whereas I find with my three and a half year old, well, (laughs) I should have been taking notes all along. We're not praying for needs when it comes to the three and a half year old, most because, well, uh, if we did that, he'd probably be asking uh, God for a bicycle and us. (laughs) All about toys and yeah. Whereas, you know, I need to remember to enter that child's like set of mind. And what we focus on is what, what are we thankful for? Mm -hmm. And how quick it was to remind me, you know, I need to do that more just in my yeah. own walk yeah. uh, to, cause that can also be that comfort is that, you know, yeah, there are the things in my life that, oh Lord, I, I could really use your help on, but boy, he has sure given me so much already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to focus on the, the good stuff. Um, and then when it's hard for us to focus on the good stuff, to still pray that too. Like sometimes we feel like oh, I'm not in the mood to pray. I'm just too upset or something like that. And yet there's examples in the Bible of people praying all sorts of stuff to God. Like you go through the Psalms and you listen to some of the, the things that David prayed and he cried out, where are you, God? You've left me alone. Um, my enemies are around me. He prays about Everything, whether he's praising God or whether he's saying, God, you've abandoned me, mm. whether it's good or bad or ugly, bring it all to God. He wants all of it. Right. And like uh, we've been talking about time and time again, in God's eyes, you know, we mm-hmm. are uh, perfect as he created us. Yes, yeah. we have, you know, our faults, our shortcomings in so many different ways, but in mm-hmm. God's eyes, he still calls us home no matter what we've been through. And it's one of my favorite stories is just being the prodigal son. Yeah. And just even how so often that is overlooked is 
that uh, the older brother who mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, has his little pout, well, I never went anywhere. Where's my party? Where's my... Mm-hmm. Uh, so often we can enter that mindset of how, hey, you know, why why are they getting everything, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're coming back after all this time. Well, again, similarly uh, with God, it's like, you know, God loves it when we come back home to him when sometimes, you know, we've been away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, um, uh, uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the the older brother. He He's experiencing the miracles of God, the provision of God, but he just kind of gets so used to it. Um, I think of like the Israelites. We might scoff at the Israelites for saying, oh, well, we only have manna. God provides food for us every day, but it's just manna. And like, come on, guys, why are you complaining about the miracle that's happening every day? But how often does that happen for me? Like I I mentioned earlier about my wife being healed from migraines that she had for three and a half years. And I catch myself still going, well, yeah, but will God really do anything for us next time? Is God really involved in her life? And then I think, wait a second. It was like four months ago that God healed my wife physically, dramatically in four months. Why do I forget that stuff? And I think that's natural for all of us, but we got to be conscious of, okay, right back to it. What is God doing? What has he done? Right. Um, Yeah. And praise him for it. And for me, being on the other side of the world in seeing so much joy and happiness out of people who had a love for God, Mm -hmm. yet possession wise, maybe had so little, but yet Mm -hmm. here you are thinking that, you know, you're going to help them and you know change their yeah. view and boy they hit it right back in your way like absolutely <laughs> how can i be depressed or you know saddened mm-hmm. uh because of you know um you know i have to walk to work today because my one car is in the shop or something and like it's that. gonna take me 15 minutes to walk there <sighs> Well, <laughs> 15's overshooting it, but even okay. 10's annoying. No, I, yeah. but I, again, the point of how, mm. wow, uh, I, again, you know, God does provide so much for us. Yeah. And uh, the fact that people with, uh, comparatively speaking in our eyes, have so little, yeah. there they are taking so much uh, joy in the very little that God has given them. Mm-hmm. They're still more than happy to have and just even knowing him is just enough to fill them such with such joy yeah i saw the voice of the martyrs play um a couple weeks ago at uh, prairie harvest um and one thing that stood out to me is he said i have seen god more in the eastern jails than in the western churches it's not in all of our nice stuff that we we necessarily meet god but it's it's in these other places that we might might see the glory of God. It's in these troubles that we see how God pulls us out. Um, these the the character that was portrayed. He said uh, every day when I was in solitary confinement, I would practice and preach a sermon to remind myself of who God is. So that way, he had something like uh, fourteen hundred sermons that he got to um, he got to uh, give wow. while he was in uh, solitary confinement. And so that, that was a powerful time. So I, th- I think it's to our detriment to shy away from the hard stuff in life and say, well, no, let's just go for the nice, easy stuff. Because are we cheating ourselves out of what God really might have for us if we take the easy route? Mm. Well, and like you said a bit beforehand, uh, again, these are good comforting words too, whether it's ourselves dealing with the struggle or then also interacting with others in our walks, uh, just a reminder to be Christ-like and, mm-hmm. you know, recognize that, hey, we all got some dirt on ourselves, but uh, yeah. in God's eyes, we are truly all his children. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. That's how God sees us. God sees us and says, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. I'm proud of you. Regardless of the stuff we're struggling with, God still sees us through that love. And so many different ways to be reminded of that comfort uh, Mm -hmm. that uh, God and Christ are in our lives. Uh, Dave, anything else you wanted to add before we wrap things up today? Well, uh, you mentioned the song Flawless earlier about how God sees us flawless, regardless of all the stuff going on in our lives. So I think it's it's powerful and you got it queued up and I, I'm looking forward to listening to uh, this this one depiction of how God sees us. Right. So Mercy Me Flawless here on The Rock 98.5 as we wrap things up today on Heart to Heart with uh, David Disty. Again, you can catch him the last Friday of every month here on The Rock 98.5. Until next time. Have yourself a wonderful day and be blessed.